Hello, welcome to Mikey Pods. This is episode 219 for <laughs> December 5th, 2016. Today's guest is modern troubadour Nate Maingard, also known as singer, songwriter, performer, amazing gentleman, Nate Maingard. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. As such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists to musicians to pastors to authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ear holes for a little over 11 years. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere at at Michael Heron, or send me an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. Yes. Hello. Uh, yay. The things that are going on for me, I always like to talk a little bit about what my, you know, what's going on in my life. My super exciting thing is there's new art up at my website. Oh, and this uh, podcast album art has changed as well. So I'm pretty excited about that. My friend Scott Spitz, ultra runner, vegan, uh, general badass is uh, he did the art. I just ate a bunch of pancakes. It's really Sunday morning here. You're going to hear this if you're a regular subscriber uh, on Monday, December 5th, but I'm hoping to get this up before I head out to protest some horse carriages today on the 4th for my Patreon people. Yay, Patreon. Uh, yeah, so the things, uh, there's a pretty big action happening today in uh, New York City and. <laughs> It's uh, it's uh, it's about the horse carriages. Uh, if you're a new listener, I'm a activist. Generally, I do animal rights activism, and uh, there's well, uh, I guess I can say it because by the time you hear this, uh, we're making a human chain uh, at Central Park to prevent horses from entering the park. Uh, not because we don't like horses; it's because we don't think they should be strapped to those awful carriages and forced to drag people around the city with a metal bit jammed in their mouth. So yeah, I did a lot of uh, huh, fur stuff yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling too excited about telling you what's going on. You know why? Eh. I, I, I'm at the end of a big project. Uh, the animal show just happened. Oh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, PS, I uploaded and posted the entire video of this show in my Patreon page. Uh, I have big plans for moving forward with the show, but I'm not taking any steps yet. And I think that's really like a funky thing. I need to uh, take some action. Here's my commitment to you, gentle listeners. I will make some action and have some things to report to you about next week. Uh, you know what? Let's go on and talk about this. <laughs> I'm a little confused. If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of the things. And especially, I'd love your support on my Patreon page, which I mentioned before, patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there, and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this podcast and the other content I create everywhere. I I'm uh, I'm going to say this out loud too, so it'll happen. I'm making a little magazine. Uh, it's a zine. And um, it's going to go out to my Patreon subscribers at the end of the year. So if you're subscribing to my, if you want that, 
Um, I might sell it on my website too for like a few bucks, five bucks, something. Uh, but the plan is to make this little zine, like eight pages, there'll be a link on it where you can download some accompanying music that I'll create to go along with the zine itself. I'm not sure even what's going to be in it. I'm just going to sort of experiment and see what, what happens. Uh, but zines seem exciting to me. And, you know, everything's released digitally nowadays. And I think it'd be really cool to... Um, to send a thing, to make a physical object. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Anyway, enough about me and all that stuff. Today's guest is Nate Maingard. He, uh, speaking of Patreon, I discovered him because of Patreon. Uh, he was in a video, uh, Patreon, uh, uh, let me tell you, Patreon is like an extended play Kickstarter, basically. You can uh, subscribe to an artist's work instead of a big project. Uh, so it's a really cool site, and it's a really cool community, and the creators are just so awesome. I, I think it's just... A, uh, I'm super excited that it exists. So I discovered Nate in a video. They, they do these uh, live videos uh, where... Uh, I don't want to get too much into that. Check out the P Patreon site. I first discovered... Uh, Nate sort of peripherally and then he commented on one of my comments or in in a, on the Patreon blog and I looked at him I was like oh this is the guy from the uh. and then I started looking at his work and his energy and his Patreon page so I immediately became a Patreon uh, patron of his and then I was like let's talk about Patreon and your work he travels which is something I'm headed toward probably in the summer uh, for I don't know how long. Uh, so to me, it was super interesting to talk to him. His music is great. And as you'll hear, his energy is fantastic. So, oh my God, let's just get to it. We're going to first listen to one of his songs. It's called It's the Little Things. And uh, then we'll talk to Nate. It's the little things that make or break. All the little things that spin and shake A life worth living despite the heavy hand at stake What reason for my size? Well, thanks for asking, but I ain't gonna say Since you're passing by Here's a word or two I'd like to send your way it's the little things that make or break All the little things that spin and shake A life worth living despite the heavy hand that stake The beauty of the sky It reminds me of your face And if you'd ask me why I'd say you're both made up of light and open space It's the little things that make or break All the little things that spin and shake A life worth living despite the heavy hand at stake It's the little things that make or 
A life worth living despite the heavy hand at stake It's the little things that make your brain All the little things that spin and shake A life worth living despite the heavy hand at stake That was It's the Little Things by Nate Maingard, who is joining me now. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Nate. Oh, it's my pleasure, Michael. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> I'm laughing because was, we just we just tried to start this. Uh, this is to the mess to the listeners, and we've been struggling. And I was like, "Is it? Yay! We're connected!" So yay! <laughs> it's <laughs> working! Yay! So Nate, you are a performer and a, a singer songwriter. What do you? How do you feel about that title, singer songwriter? Well, I mean, it's an accurate, one accurate definition, but I also feel that it's very, well, it's generic and it's limiting. It's not an, it's not a bad thing, but it definitely doesn't uh, communicate the entirety of what it is that I'm up to. I still am I'm working on finding that out because, I mean, I, I, I'm a troubadour. I call myself a modern troubadour because it feels as though that is the thing that's the closest to what I, is a storyteller, a traveler, a connector of people, a, a songwriter, a musician, like all these things. But there's, it's not just about entertainment or like writing a song or singing a song it's about the journey of sharing that experience so i think there's something so singer songwriter is one aspect yes <laughs> yeah and, and the singer songwriter to me has a slightly ne potentially negative connotation to it you know like it makes me think of something a little less dynamic than what you do Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I think it's. It is an accurate sort of entry point for anyone who wants to quickly understand an aspect of what I do and what. If I say I'm a singer songwriter, they get oh he sings and he he writes songs like that's. I mean it's. I, but it does definitely limit the scope. I think of the sort of yeah the dynamics the yeah that's it really. Yeah. When you when you use the word troubadour and you talk about this journey you take to share your music, it's a literal journey like that's one of the things that really appeals to me about what you do is that you're literally like going places <laughs> with the intention <laughs> of sharing your music it's not just right. like a mystical <laughs> journey which it may also be that as well it, and yeah so uh, like i've just hopped on board like within the last two weeks so forgive totally. me if i have naive questions about your work <laughs> um, no i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> but you well i just for the sake of background for the podcast listeners, um, I, I'm a recent uh, member of Patreon, and I've seen your videos, Nate, that uh, Patreon has sort of featured you. And I was sort of like, oh, in passing, I go, oh, I should check that guy out. And then you commented on something that I commented on the, uh, on the uh, Patreon blog. I was like, yeah. oh, that guy's name sounds familiar. And then I started following you and looking at your stuff. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a testament to uh, for artists, like be present everywhere you possibly can. Right. Because now right. you made that comment and now I'm like, oh, my God, I love this guy. And then I <laughs> like, supported your Patreon and I downloaded all your music. And yeah. So um, so where have you like I, I just caught on to you 
you just finished a big trip. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I've actually probably no, definitely my biggest trip yet ever. Uh, it was I, I was in South Africa from mid December until the beginning of May, and then I was back in London for a month, which is where I've been based for the last quite a few years since 2013 uh, but I was only there for a month and then I went on to Indonesia and then to Australia and then ca California and then Mexico and then California and then London and then back to South Africa so so yeah I've been literally around the world I went in one direction I went east until I came back to where I started <laughs> and and your work as a musician and performer is funding that i mean through patreon and and elsewhere is that is that right are you funded any other way yeah yeah well i definitely i mean i this trip and this was a unique trip in that it was more about an internal journey than an external journey it was more about me going through some stuff than than like t taking my music to new places and so financially it was more of a strain on me because i wasn't it wasn't a business trip. I wasn't playing shows. I wasn't really making any extra money. And when I'm traveling, uh, with the, with the cost of flights, my Patreon doesn't really cover that at this point. Mm -hmm. So there was that extra pressure, but it was, um, yeah, I mean, Patreon covers my living costs on a, on a regular a daily basis, especially depending on where I am. I mean, not in, in London, I still need to have some kind of other income, but, um, but yeah, then when I'm playing shows, that helps a lot. Like now back in South Africa, I have a booking agent and I have paid shows coming up over the next few months. And that really, really helps because then I can start to look at putting money into other aspects of my passion, of my love. It's like recording, make, making more music, giving more music to the world. And and so Patreon, Patreon is my foundation. That That's what gives me the the stability to allow me to explore and experiment in different ways and and also my patrons my you know the natives these people really understand that i am on a journey and i can't like hop off that journey just because oh no i've got all this responsibility and i'm making this money from patreon now i need to change how i live to fit this certain like no this is uh, the money comes in and i use it for what i need to use it for when i needed to use for it, to use it for that and there's this incredible trust and faith that happens between me and those who support what i'm doing is like i trust that they'll be there for me and they trust that i'm gonna do the things that they love in the world and that that journey will bring them more of what they want um or what they desire and need in their lives so yeah ah i love it like was it was it difficult to uh, get your sort of fan base on board with or to understand what you were trying to do with Patreon? No, it was actually much easier <laughs> than I anticipated. It was it's it's more interesting. It's more challenging now, I found it. And I think that's I think that's a natural aspect of life is what you call a plateau. Uh, is the sense of of growth and then and then flatness. And so for me, my first sort of two years on patreon were very very active and growthful like it felt like wow every month it's just like this huge leap forward all these people want to be involved all these incredible humans connecting and signing up and and that was amazing and, and what's interesting is people are still pledging which is incredible but this numbers have stayed similar in terms of the amount that i'm making so the amount that i'm making has been between 1300 and 1450 for for a year 
really and so whereas before it was going up like rapid like a, you could look at the graph and see that upward movement and so that's been an interesting experience for me it's like wow it was so kind of easy in the beginning that people were there and just wanted to be involved and now it feels like i have to f somehow battle more but i feel like that battle it, it comes up in so many areas of life that battle is only to tell us that we need to expand ourselves in some ways whether that's by taking on new projects or by going deeper into meditation or by whatever but it's just life saying like hey so you're you've done well but now you need to do something else that's going to take you to to the next wherever that next place is uh i love one of the great things about doing this podcast and talking to people who i like sort of feel this kind of uh, maybe universal nudge to communicate with is these little tidbits get dropped that I need to hear and you just drop because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had this week of like I, I you know I was trying to I applied for a grant to do this project I want to do and I didn't get the grant and I just oh, finished man. a show that that cost me money to do and uh and I was having this like why do I even do this and like all like pissed off and like I keep getting these messages about like keep going forward try meditating yeah. try going deeper <laughs> in what you want to do and you just said all those things again so, wow, cool. Thank I'm so you. glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, like that, um, I think that's one of the challenges I have right now with sort of communicating with the people who I think if they understood what I was sort of getting at would want to support what I'm doing. And um, what am I trying to say? I think it, it's hard. I think people don't always understand that a lot of this sort of like independent artists uh, like you and I aren't like... <laughs> what am I? We're doing. We're putting a lot of effort and time into creating things with mm. with no uh, promise of any return. You know, like yeah. uh, so. It's sort of hard. I, I'm trying to find just the way, and maybe you have some insight about this of communicating that in a like an open way. You know, like uh, oh, why can't I think of her name? She's a big Patreon person, and she did the whole art of asking thing on a, it was yeah, a Amanda Palmer. Yeah. Like she has that sort of uh, graciousness about being open to receiving. Um, it, it, what do you think? Tell me, does that bring up anything for you? Yeah. It's, that's such a valid question. It's something that I constantly, um, I'm challenged by it's, it, it's an ongoing process for me, for sure. There's the sense of, am I allowed to ask to have my needs met and how do I communicate my needs in a way that isn't needy, that isn't victim? Because there's, you know, there's, there's one thing of being, you can be a victim or you can be vulnerable. And th there's a very different response, a very different energetic and it, uh, frequency that's required for each of those things like to be the victim is to be poor me. Why me? Why can't I make it? Why is it so hard? Nobody cares. Like, please help me because if you don't, I'm going to starve. Like there's this, this pulling of like, oh, yeah, I need you to feed me. Like it's, there's that, which doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for the person doing it. And it certainly doesn't feel good for the people on the other side. And it invites a very dramatic cycle of either rescuing or persecution, depending mm. on what role the other people are choosing to play. And that's the drama triangle. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I'm just, all I'm saying is almost verbatim. It's, it's the, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's, it's a drama triangle and it's, a, it's a, it's a psychological tool used to understand the ways that people relate when there's dysfunction. 
And it's actually a, a, it's a s- system that people are operating in most of the time, most of the people. And so I'll give you a brief outline. It's just if you imagine a triangle, it has three points. Uh, the, each of the points are representing a different role within a relationship. And so in the unhealthy triangle, the roles would be persecutor or aggressor, uh, rescuer and victim. And so they, they all play off each other and people change roles rapidly. But so there's that whole thing. And then the healthy version of that is assertive instead of instead of aggressor and uh, vulnerable instead of victim and res- instead of rescuer, supportive. And so each of those has its light and its shadow face. Anyway, so so yes, there is that sense of like, how do I ask for this stuff in a way that is representing my vo- my truth, my vulnerability, my authenticity, my stability, not my neediness, but like, but this, hey guys, I make stuff that I'm proud of. I love that stuff. I know a lot of you guys love it. And if you love it as much as I do, then you have a responsibility to take part in helping that to come into the world because I can't do it without you. That's the basic premise of everything that I do is like, I know that I'm not independent. I'm an independent artist because I'm not signed to a label, but no one's independent in this world. We are all part of an incredibly intricate, intermingled, interweaving pattern of relationship. And so it's just that as artists, we don't really have the what is it the illusion of security whereas other people do if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a uh, even a school teacher or in most other it's a street sweeper uh, a coffee maker a barista any of those jobs you know as you step into that you're like i'm going to get paid this much an hour this is what my time is worth in this job and everyone agrees on that and it and and everything moves forward but whereas with us there's not that assumed value. And so while we are offering a service and that is deep and soulful and, and truly part of what defines us as humans, creating and being a creator and giving voice to the unvoiceable, to the great mystery, that stuff is incalculably valuable. There's, there's nothing, no price you can really put on that, but it's communicating and understanding and helping our people, our communities to understand that they are an actual part of the the creation of that work. Not just that a passive consumer of that, but that if they take take responsibility for their role and they go, cool, I'll give you a dollar a month. I'll come to your show. I'll share your video on my Facebook page. I will be a, I will reply to your newsletter. Like I will be, I will listen to your music and I will take it to heart and I will act on the stuff that that music makes me feel. All those things are a part of the engagement, the exchange that they can, the potential that we have as a community all into the same kind of thing through, you know, like people who are into my music are connecting for something that it brings us together. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that comes out of that. I, sorry. I hope that all made sense. It kind of just, uh, yeah, (laughs) totally (laughs) totally made sense. You know, it's, it's like opening up some things for me. And I think I'm super happy. We're talking exactly when we are, because I'm, I'm just coming out of this like weird, resentful funk about, why do I have to be an artist? Why is this the thing I want to do? And when there's not that built-in security of you work X hours, you get this much money. Um, yeah. But I think the thing that I'm forgetting and the thing that makes me feel um, uh, shy about um, asking, right, or receiving support is forgetting that that creating art is is an exchange. It's like a... It's a, it's a whole circle. It's not just me like 
pushing stuff out. It's, you know, it's right. like people interacting with each other through this art. Whoa. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I liked what you said about there being a responsibility from the audience perspective and whatever that means for the audience member, right. there's a responsibility to, to interact with the, with the work. Uh, okay. Wow. So, yeah. so this is, so just to like, th- I mean, I, you, I'm totally with you a hundred percent. I think one of the, the, there are several other aspects or facets as well, because at times art is pure entertainment and, and I, that's totally fine. Like I love being entertained by art. Um, but there's some art that has more that it asks of us as listeners, as audiences, where it's it's taking us. It has a like I'm really into sci-fi and fantasy, but a lot of the sci-fi and fantasy I read has such deeper stories that it's teaching me. I've learned some of my most profound lessons reading like hardcore fantasy, you know, like where it's like the the most unreal. These people have taken their minds so far away from ba- base reality, and yet there there are deep lessons. So I'm being entertained, but I'm also being educated, and and so there's that element. And and at times people are just engaging from an entertainment perspective, which is totally cool. And then for another facet, which is that yes, we create. And yes, we need to be supported in that. But the way things are structured right now, no one owes us that. Like it's this, I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, Eat, Pray, Love. If you read her new book, Big Magic, she talks a lot about the creative process and how no one actually owes us anything for our art in a sense. Like we create, but, but like with her, she worked full time until after, I think, she'd published like a lot of stuff. Like it was, she never expected to make her money out of her writing. She just knew that she had to keep writing, that that was the most important thing. And there's such a truth in that. If I might actually read you, I mean, you can use as much or as little of all of this as you like, but um, I would love to read you a little quote, which really helped me to, to kind of get, uh, understand the depth of what we do as artists and how, how serious it is in a, in a, in a very, not in a heavy way, but in a beautiful authentic way how serious our work is for ourselves not not before we even get to anyone else (laughs) yeah Um, yeah i'm uh, yeah yeah i'm like come on bring it right so there's this poet and an author uh, renier maria rilke who was a a german poet and he has a book called letters to a young poet Mm -hmm. and it was gifted to me by a friend some years ago i still haven't read the whole thing but i've read parts and he just it's basically a, a fan who, who is a, you know, this guy was around in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. So this guy was, a, there was this young guy who was a fan of Rainier's work and he was writing to him asking for advice. And this ho- there's a whole book called Letters to a Young Poet, which is Rainier's replies to this guy, just letters. And so, so this is one of the replies he sends. And this has come to define, for me, this, this took me on a bit of a journey when I first read this. You ask whether your verses are any good. You ask me, You have asked others before this. You send them to magazines, you compare them with other poems, and you are upset when certain editors reject your work. Now, since you have said you want my advice, I beg you to stop doing that sort of thing. You are looking outside, and that is what you should most avoid right now. No one can advise or help you. No one. There is only one thing you should do. Go into yourself. Find out the reason that commands you to write. See whether it has spread its roots into the very depths of your heart. Confess to yourself whether you would have to die if you were forbidden to write. This, most of all, ask yourself in the most silent hour of your night. 
must I write? Dig into yourself for a deep answer. If this answer rings out in assent, if you meet this solemn question with a strong, simple, I must, then build your life in accordance with this necessity, your whole life, even to its, even into its humblest and most indifferent hour, must become a sign and witness to this impulse. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm really having one of those like, what the fuck moments where like everything you're saying is like addressing where I've been for the past couple of weeks. So uh, mm. I'm, I'm like hesitant to be like, to allow this podcast to be my personal therapy session. <laughs> but that quote like is perfect and it's, a, yeah. and it gets me out from under. And I, and I guess this is helpful for other people who are listening, other artists who may be feeling the same way. It gets me out of that resentment. And instead of having this obligation, like I, I'm looking at it, you know, when I'm in that resentful place, I'm looking at it as this obligation, like, oh, I have to do this thing. But right. like in terms of that quote, it's like, oh, I get to do this. This is a gift. And and I can embrace that gift. It's, right. It's really, and, I, and that's a, and it's also OK. Like that, that's what he's asking for is like, get serious with that question. Uh, must you write? Must you create? Is that a, is that an absolute deep urge that you need to do this thing? Because if it isn't, then that's okay. Like it's, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not talking about you at all. I'm just saying in general, like that. Mm -hmm. We have to, as artists, really know that that the, that yes. We have to know that yes. If we don't, then we can do other stuff, and that's fine. And we can do our art on the side and in our bedrooms and quietly, and and just not really do, do not really commit ourselves to it. And that's totally okay. But it's that's if if the I must if, I must write. If that is an absolute truth for for us then then we have to shape our lives around that and it's a service and an honor and a challenge and all those beautiful things and it's real but um but it's definitely worth doing at that point i mean for me i only started playing music full-time i committed i really committed when i was 28 and it took me up till that point to find that it was before i'd even read this quote but that quote really i was like oh i know i know that feeling i know what that feels like um because it took me till i was 28 to be like i have to do this this is not a quit i can't this is not a question. I'm I'm trying all this other shit, and it's leaving me empty in in some ways. And I must structure my life around making this thing my reality. And if it f doesn't work, if I don't make money out of it, at least I've com completely given it everything it asks of me. Um, anyway, so yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah. Wow, amazing. Uh, I was I had like another little direction to go with that, and I totally lost it. But I think. That, <laughs> I have so much to think about and so much to like, yeah, apply it. It, it shifts everything for me, you know, like, Oh the, yeah. It's like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Look, I need a minute. Yeah. Well, trust also just trust, trust that everyone else who hears this, I know you say you don't want it to be your personal, but just trust that if we're authentically communicating our deeper truths, other people are going to totally resonate with us. Like whoever's hearing this right now will be going, Oh my gosh, this is totally what I needed to hear right now. Like that's just absolute. That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned as a songwriter, as a, a communicator and storyteller is the more honest I can be. And however I'm c sharing myself with the world, the more people will come and go, I totally relate to that. Actually, my most recent video about the struggles I'm going through with self-love and depression and all these things like that video, I didn't do that because I wanted attention. I did it because it was my, tr it is my truth. I was like, I want to share my music video, but I 
don't, haven't done it because I'm in pain and I feel terrible. Let me just talk about that. That's where I'm at. And the response has been so much more than I, I didn't think about the response. I just thought this is important for me to talk about. And, and so it's a perfect illustration of like, you know, what we're doing right now is going to find the people who need to be found by it. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, mo- or I, I wondering, did you have a first moment or do you remember a first moment when maybe you shared something uh, in a song or uh, something you shared and you realized that uh, that it wasn't for you, that you were sharing it, you know, or that it wasn't only for you, that, that you had a connection with a person you didn't expect? Was there a, a moment like that for you that sort of opened that up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say, I mean, one of the early ones that really... I don't I didn't have the capacity to appreciate it at the time. I was young, I was maybe 16 or 17 years old and I'd been songwriting for a few years with my best friend. We were in high school and and we'd been we'd written a few songs together and we had one song called Live Life, which I don't play anymore. It's not a good song as far as like songwriting goes, but it it the message is is powerful and pure it's i mean the title is what the song is about live life live life while you can it may soon be gone you know like that's the the chorus and and i didn't think about it at all when i wrote when i wrote the lyrics he wrote the chords and we were jamming in class and this rain was falling outside and i just sang about that and then sang and it was all just stuff that just came out and i didn't think about it it wasn't deep for me um but then a few months later or a year later even, one of my classmates, her older sister, who was maybe two or three years older than us and in the same high school, she passed away in a car accident, which was obviously like hugely jarring for all of us. And my friends, my classmate Tanya came up to me and she said, would you play that song at the memorial for my sister? She used to really love that song. And we had just been like playing that around in recess, like chilling out on the grass, like just playing, doing our little thing. And it didn't, we didn't, we did it because it was fun. You know, there was no sense of the magnitude of of any kind of like, you know, if that makes sense, we were kids. And then she asked, me to do this thing and i was like whoa like of course we'll do it but even then it took me years to look back and go that was that was a big thing like and it it, and also what was interesting was that i even then i understood at some subconscious level the importance of attention and of energy and sound and like because what was happening at this memorial which was a beautiful and obviously sad experience was that people were coming up and speaking and being applauded and then you know like they'd have the priest come up and he'd speak and they'd applaud and then the the sister the father like all these people and when when i got onto the stage i had this urge and i and i didn't even know how to speak properly then in terms of real communication Mm -hmm. and i said to everyone i was like hey I'm going to, we're going to play you this song now and please don't clap afterwards just so we can appreciate how good the song is. I think that I said something like that. But what I meant, what I meant was let's really feel, let's not distract ourselves from the energy of this moment by clapping and like loudly breaking the energy. Let's really just sit here and sink into the emotion of where we're at. And they did. And it was, we were all just weeping. And I mean, so, so, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what I was doing. And, and so, yeah, that was a, that was a moment where things kind of went like, where looking back, I realized, oh, I was always on this journey. There was always a part of me that wanted to meet life sincerely. (laughs) Uh, That's a great way to put it. Meeting life sincerely. So you, you, I, did you say you were 28 when you started uh, getting serious about 
performing your music? Yes, 28. How old are you now? 32. Got it. I'm always interested in these age things too, because it, it took yeah. me, I'm, uh, I'm 47, and it was just okay. maybe when I was 43, 44, I've always played the piano for people and, and like music directed and stuff like that. It wasn't until my early 40s that I decided to start doing, uh, doing performing and writing my own work. So uh, I'm always interested in that, that sort of age thing. I don't know why. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting one. I, I think, well, for me, it's because we're given such a specific blueprint of what success looks like on, in so many areas of our lives. And as an artist or as a musician, it's like, well, you've got to be signed by the time you're 21 or whatever. Like they have all these, like I know I have friends who actually lie about their age to try and be more appealing to to record labels and ah. things like radio stations. And that, that, and they, and they do that because they're part of that industry that requires that of them, where they're like, "Oh, I'm 23, but they're actually 28 or 29," and it's like, "Wow, that's rough. That's rough that we live in a world that that art is supposed to." I mean, what kind of? I mean, yes, there are some incredible artists and musicians in their 20s and teens, but my God, like the life experience and the the depths that we go to as we age, like I'm keen to hear that. I want to celebrate that as like the mature life lived art that isn't just like, I love you, you love me. Like the, <laughs> it's like, let's get deeper. Um, you know, I don't know. It just feels like we're missing out on a lot because, because culture, our culture is obsessed with usefulness. Yeah. Is it idealistic of me or overly idealistic to think that because of the way that the music industry is changing, and I see Patreon is like a big step in that, um, where people are more, it's, it's becoming easier for people to, well, to distribute their work, but also to connect to their fan base who may be seeking out something more uh, genuine and truthful than youth. Is that, right. you know, like there's a, there's a new, it feels like there's, an openness happening, you know, as, as tough as it is for musicians who are used to selling music and net and now in this climate where people are not interested in buying music. Um, it seems like there's some other opportunities that are coming up like Patreon and Kickstarter and things like that, where people can connect with the people who want to support their work. I don't know if that's a question or an observation. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it is, I think we're, at the, we're in the infancy of quite a massive revolution right now. And for me, certainly it appears like it's everywhere because it's, that's the world I live in. Is I'm friends with creators on Patreon. My community are people who support me on Patreon. So like, it feels like it's really happening, but it's also not happening for a lot of people out there. And I think we're, we're kind of... We aren't at that critical mass yet. I mean, I think the crowdfunding guys have like set the stage and people have come to accept things like GoFundMe and Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And that's great. But something like Patreon and this idea of basically, like in my case, giving me money for like a reason that's intangible, where we've been all educated that like about products and consumerism. And it's like you need to get an equal value item in exchange for your money, which is totally bullshit as well. I mean, like when you pay for a pair of jeans from a specific brand, you're paying for the brand, you're paying for the illusion that they, that they sell. You're paying to buy into their dream. You're telling a story about who you are based on their dream 
you like, well, I wear this thing. I have these posters on my wall that says that I'm this kind of person and I, and I have this value in the world. So, so, so in reality, people are always buying the stuff that makes them feel their identities in the world. And I think Patreon is just a much more honest way of doing that where it's like, hey, I put stuff into the world that I think has value. And if you felt that value, a way that you can be a part of that or return that value, exchange that, be a part of that cycle of value is by pledging on Patreon. And and so like I even wrote to some of my top patrons a few months ago because I went through a phase, as I often do, of feeling completely uh, without value, feeling like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Why are these people supporting me? Like I don't do anything that's worth this. And I, I wrote to my sort of $50 and up patrons who are pledging, you know, $50 or $100 a month for not really that much in terms of physical stuff, they don't really get anything extra. They get one sort of stuff and then that's it. And, and I, I said, I was like, I don't know how to give you the value for what you're giving me. I feel like it's, there's nothing that I can do. You know, are you happy with this? How does this feel for you? And they all responded very positively. One woman in particular who I've never met, who lives in Australia and we've, you know, connected through Patreon, that's it. Uh, but she wrote back and she said, she said, if I think even one other person has the experience that I had through listening to your music, then it's worth it for me. Oh. And that was it. For her, $100 a month was absolutely worth it because she's trusting that, other, that, that what I'm doing has enough value that, that it gives more people the opportunity to connect with that. That's just so pure that is so real there is no bullshit there there is no subterfuge there is no marketing there is no lying it is just like people connecting and exchanging value and i think that that is the revolution but most people don't understand that yet they don't have that mentality for them it's like what do you mean i'm gonna give you money so you can just go travel around the world and visit all these cool places and like i've got a real job and you should have one too like that's a lot of the people are in that mindset where for them it's so outside of their reality they go no he's this is ridiculous this freaking hippie you must go get a real job <laughs> not understanding that what i go through to bring my music into the world is a real job it's an app it is it looks different and i spend a lot of time wandering around and lying in bed and walking through on beaches and like trying to make sense of reality but that doesn't mean that i'm not having a valuable, sincere experience that I can then share with the world. I mean, if you think of uh, Thoreau, you know, Walden, Walden's Pond or whatever, or like some of the best art we have in the world came because artists could take the time to make that art. Mm -hmm. And that's what, what Patreon gives us. So, so yeah, like I said, it's just the challenge of, of most people not understanding it right now, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's exciting it, uh, and so beautiful. Like there's so many, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's so much that we've talked about. I'm like, has just laid groundwork for me to sort of like process. And it's those things of like walking around and, and, you know, allowing space to, to figure out what all of these things feel like truths to me. And I think part of what I do next is figure out how they apply, like how, how to put them into practice in my own artwork and my own day-to-day -day life. Um, wow. This has been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad that Thank you, were, you I'm so glad that you were able to do this podcast and the timing was like perfect. So good. 
Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm honored that to be a part of like the t- podcasts are the most fun thing in the world. So I'm I generally try to say yes if someone invites me, and it's so especially like you know you are on my Patreon page and you're connected, and so I, that for me like my one of my personal goals is to I want to meet every single patron like and really connect and that's something that worries me a bit because there's like 300 patrons i don't know how i'm gonna do that <laughs> i bet you'll um, i have a feeling you'll find a way yeah yeah I'm, i've had plans for sure yeah so we should wrap this thing up but i want to end the podcast with your song uh slow it down um unless i'm just gonna throw this out there is there another song you have that might be more applicable to what we spoke about today I mean, no, I think Slow It Down is an, I mean, each of my songs has a different, you know, a different process I went through writing them and I Slow It Down is a good one. I kind of was feeling very concerned and frustrated about how quickly everything in life seems to move these days. And I was watching how my own speed in my life sometimes causes me to miss connections and miss the ability to really, can you hear those in the background? Yeah. What, are they some kind of they're bird? So irritating. Yeah, they're called Hardy Does. <laughs> and they just are the noisiest creatures on God's earth. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's magical. Yeah, but slow it down. Slow it down is real. You know, it's just a place. It was a, a feeling I had and an experience I went through. And, and I think it, it's, uh, it has credibility because it's, it's sincere. So... Yeah, I guess there's one other thing I did want to talk about is regarding Patreon is that I am about to offer something that I've never done offered before through my Patreon page. And I'm kind of excited about it. And I'm also really nervous. Like, I don't know how it's going to turn out. But um, I've been inspired by Natalie Dawn and Peter, Peter, whose name I know so well. And I every time I try to say it, tell someone I'm like, Peter, I can't something. think of it either. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's anyway, it's because I know so uh, I know a Peter Conway and a Peter Marshall and like every time those anyway, it doesn't matter. Natalie and Peter, um, they did this incredible thing to for their patrons, which was to offer to put their names on the albums. And I'm doing that. I'm basically I have an EP coming out. I'm going to be recording in the new year, just an acoustic EP, me and my guitar with some in a, some beautiful studios here in South Africa with some incredible um, people engineering and mixing and recording it. It's, but it'll just be me and a guitar, maybe one or two other little things added, but really minimal. And I'm offering my patrons only for the month of December that anyone who pledges by a certain date, I haven't even decided that part yet, but anyone who pledges by a certain date will have their name on the actual album. Um, and anyone who pledges anything, a dollar or more. And so I'm like super pumped about this idea, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? Um, but but it's something I'm just, yeah, I just can't wait. Like, I think it's going to be so much fun. I mean, for me, it's also this idea of being able to give more back to my community. Like you guys are everything that is my art right now. Like let's put your name on this album. And I'm also for every $10 that we raise on Patreon, I'm going to be planting a tree. So if we raise a hundred dollars, that's going to be 10 trees. If we raise a thousand, that'll be a hundred trees and so on. And so there's this whole interweaving of making music and growing forests at the same time. And I'm pretty excited about it. That's fantastic. Uh, I'll definitely help spread the word about the uh, December thing. I, and I'm going to be watching you closely because those two and now you have inspired me to sort of, you know, this grant I mentioned that I'm not getting. I'm like, OK, mm. so how do I move forward with this? And I'm sort of formulating my own plan in those ways. So it's going to be cool to watch it totally nice. fall into place for you because I know it will. 
Patreon. I love it. I love every like the whole it. vibe around the company. <laughs> Just amazing. Did, yeah. Did you go to Patrick Patricon? Is that what they called it? I did. Yeah. Oh, I did. I'm so Indeed. jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it as amazing uh, as it looked? It was amazing. It was really a de- an honor. There were definite moments where I looked around, going, "How did I get here? These people are like." off the scale but again that's my own stuff you know like just having yeah. to acknowledge i guess i'm actually kind of awesome and that's okay <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> um it was yeah i was it was amazing i met such inspiring people and i felt so it felt so nice to be around other creators who who get it where they're not like what you patreon you you do what you mean you do they put it you put it on the thing and then they give you money like what's the how does it work and it's like no these are people who have made their absolute passions and their careers out of directly speaking to their communities for years and then when patreon came along they're like this is totally a part of what i want to do and and so it was like we all understood each other and so we could instantly just go oh my gosh let's talk about all these exciting things and the challenges and the fears and the successes and it was just like it bypassed a lot of the introductory stuff that a lot of people I have to speak with when a lot of people don't get what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So great. I, I'm so energized and uh, uh, motivated and inspired after talking to you. It's fantastic. been like so Yay. fantastic. Yay. Everything's fixed. I'm healed. You, you, did your, you therapied me just right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just in that good spot. Yeah, I need to go have a lie down now. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, I, I'm sorry, I drained all of your energy, but I feel great now. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's been really fun. Thank you. It's good for me. It really reminds me of so many of the things that I believe deeply and feel, and so I, I'm just honored to be able to be a part of that. And I sincerely hope that anyone who gets to listen to this can find gold, can can take something from this that gives them that energy, that little piece of whatever they were missing or whatever they thought they were missing to just take that next step, you know, because we all struggle with those steps at times and we need those people around us who can just be like, here, this is a thing. You can do this. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's that, like the whole, that connection of, oh, I have that struggle too. And here's what helped me like magic. It's totally magic. Uh, yeah. besides patreon.com slash Nate Maingard, where else can we find you online? Oh, anywhere. Like, I mean, I primarily, I use uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and my website and pa- Patreon, obviously, and actually Periscope. I'm so into right now. Live streaming, um, live streaming is my, my thing. Uh, it's good vibes, but, uh, yeah. So anywhere on any channel, if you just put in my name, Nate Mainguard, you can put it in even as one, like just Nate Mainguard, uh, N A T E M A I N G A R D. There's no U in Mainguard, just so people know that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and that's super easy to remember, but if you don't remember it, you can always go to MikeyPod.com and look at this post. And in the show notes, uh, this is for the listeners. You can find links to Nate everywhere he is or everywhere that I remember to post. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. This has been really, really fantastic. Cool. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Michael. And, and sincerely, thank you for your support on Patreon. Like it, I, yeah, you are one of a minority in the world right now and it really means a lot and so i'm excited for us to to keep spreading that so thank you thank you thank you thank you oh of course i know this to be true that the 
fast And leave some folk behind On this ship Without a mast Oh Nate Maingard with Slow It Down. Oh my God, that interview was, that's my favorite interview I've ever done. I, I knew I loved it. And then just listening to it again, 
That was fantastic. I hope you loved it as much as I did. I loved doing it. I loved listening to it again. I will probably listen to it at least one more time. And probably every time I'm feeling sad and blue, I'll listen to it again. Nate, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, listeners. You can find me at michaelherron.com. This podcast is at mikeypod.com. I'd love your support at patreon.com slash michaelherron. Review, tell a friend. Uh, go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, no one's left a review for me in a really long time, and I'd love for you to do that. If you're listening to this, send me an email. Let me know that you liked the podcast. I That would mean the world to me. I see people downloading this podcast, and I literally hear from none of you. It's a rare occasion that I hear from a listener. So right now, send me an email, even just a little quick hello, mikeypod at gmail.com. I would really love to hear from you. Uh, if this uh, interview meant something to you, Share it with a friend. I think, wow, I want all of my interviews to be like this. It was so good. Anyway, talk to you next week.